Welcome to another podcast here at manxradio.com from the Shore Morning Show with me, Mark Tiley. Mark Tiley, the nation's station, Manx Radio. This week on My Tunes, we're going to mix up a bit of magic and a bit of lovely food, and somewhere in the mix will be what I reckon is the world's best French onion soup. My guest is Tony Quirk. You fit the bill in every direction, sir. Thank you. L'Experience. Yes. The founder of that wonderful restaurant. Yes, a long Uh, time ago now. A long time ago. But we'll, we'll get on to that because... You really have got so many strings to your bow, but I, I want to find out when you got into cooking and when you got into magic. Okay. So was it something that you started as a, as a youngster? Yes, kind of, yes. Um, what do you want to do, the cooking first? Well, so let's I, do the cooking okay, first. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was brought up above a bakery. My parents and grandparents had a baker's shop in Peel, Michael Street Peel, and so I used to help in the bakery. So that kind of got me interested in the food side of things I was determined I didn't want to be a baker too many early mornings and yeah. uh, lots of flour so um, I thought yeah chefing seems a fairly cool job yeah so that's the that's the, the cooking side and my mum was a very good cook as well so I kind of followed her lead right the um and the magic the magic okay well um I used to do little close-up magic things just for the family but I had an uncle uh, uncle Trevor and uh, Trevor Little he was famous in his day as a balloon artist, and he was on uh, TV, he was on um, uh, all sorts of Cracker Jack, all those sort of programs, and I used to watch him from the sidelines, and um, I went in a particular time to see him, and the magician came on stage and took a gentleman's watch out of his out of off his wrist, put into a plastic into a paper bag, and then proceeded to to smash the the the, the watch up in the bag and opened up the bag and the watch had disappeared and I thought how did he do that yeah. and it kind of got me into that he then uh, an assistant came out and uh, with a big tray of cakes and uh, the magician pointed one chose one and and it was a, it was a scone actually and he cut open the scone and guess what was inside the scone the gentleman's watch no cream and jam <laughs> and i thought <laughs> It would have been. You don't lose that timing, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been even better. It would have been the watch, but no, it's cream and jam. Yes. (laughs) Over the years, you've done some amazing stuff, certainly round the tables and and elsewhere. uh, Do you know pretty much how most of the tricks are done that you see? Yes, yes. All 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 tricks are kind of on a theme, to be honest. And magicians love card tricks they yeah. love card tricks because they're portable and so all card tricks are the same you you choose a card you lose a card you reveal a card and it's how you reveal a card in the in it that's, that's the kicker sort of thing i reckon yeah. if we would have to break into the old experience now there's a couple of cards stuck on <laughs> the, the ceiling <laughs> there were lots of cards that you used to be able to point to when people is that your card yes. it's up there sort yes. of thing unfortunately yeah that, that card on the ceiling always got a good review and yeah. people used to ask me and I was quite open uh, how I used to do it. it I sprinkled the card with anti-gravity dust yeah. and uh, <laughs> so that yes so that's how the card stuck to the ceiling yes yeah Apart from the one you've mentioned, when yeah. you when you were growing up and looking at uh, magicians, who were your favourites? David there? Niven. Really? Yeah, back in the day, David Niven. He had a lot of telly time, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did, yeah. And Paul Daniels, of course. Yeah. He actually came over to our club that we have running over here, the Magicians of Man, 
and he was very very entertaining just just anecdotes like we're doing now but, yeah. uh, yes yeah. um, and uh, sadly no longer with us but was no. he a, was he a good ma- magician very very good magician he was yes yeah. very accomplished his main routine was one called cup and ball routine uh, he was absolutely just top of the top class for doing that it was a very, very good indeed. Whenever I talk magic with anybody, yeah. uh, a lot of people say, "What about Tommy Cooper? Was yeah. was, was he good, was he good? Or, or was he was he just?" <laughs> I think he's very good. I think, think even to uh, to perform badly, you've got to be good. Right. Yes, yeah, and that was his shtick, wasn't it? He, oh, yeah. he would he would perform badly and get all the laughs out of that. But no, I think he was a very good magician. Well, yeah. we're going to talk a lot more about magic. We're certainly going to talk a lot Excellent. more about food throughout the week. But let's Great. have your first choice of music, Tony. What's it going to be? Okay, my first choice. I love the Beatles. I, I was very privileged. I saw the Beatles live in their Christmas show back in the day uh, with my cousin in, in Finsbury Park, Astoria. Couldn't hear them because of all the screaming. Just about to see them. Um, so I'm a big Beatles fan. But I didn't want to go for the cliched ones. She loves you. I still love them. And so my tune I've chosen is This Boy uh, by the Beatles. <laughs> This week's My Tunes with my guest, Tony Quirk, who opened up the wonderful Lexperience restaurant. If we might magic out of him the recipe for French onion soup. <laughs> but I've got a funny feeling we're not going to get that. But I'll, no. try, I'll try. I'll try later on in the week. Tony, thanks for coming on My Tunes. Thank you. Pleasure. We Pleasure talked to be here. A, We talked a lot about magic yesterday. And uh, I do remember David Niven. David Niven, yes. Yeah, and uh, he got on the telly and those. Just such a presence he very, did. a gentleman a gentle absolute gentleman very yeah. very kind yes very gentle yes. in the world of cooking <laughs> uh who were the the chefs or the cooks that inspired you well um i guess lastly uh gary rhodes i was a big fan of 
uh, currently Rick Stein. I've got a lot of time for him. He's a chef's chef. Yeah. Uh, he tells it like it is. Um, I think those two would be a big influence on on me. Yeah. See, if someone had asked me just to name one, and with, given the way you, your your business and and the showbiz element of running the restaurant, I'd have gone for the Galloping Gourmet. I well, remember he was Canadian, yeah. wasn't he? Yes, <laughs> he was. I've been very privileged to work with quite a few chefs. One helping at the um, food festival, James Martin. A lot of time for him. Yeah, I remember those particular. I actually did. Um, uh, oh, it was a chef, and I he used to advertise sausages. I can't remember his name now, and I had to do a gig with him when I was a student. Where were you training? Where were you right? Trained? Well, I trained over here on the Isle of Man at the. Uh, it was then called the Domestic Science College, and under a very very uh, good chef, Bill Beecham. A lot of people remember Bill. He transformed the fr- the, the college from a kind of a, a cookery college to a professional chef's college. And then once I finished with him, I went across to to England and I worked in a hotel which he'd organised for me in Wolverhampton. And I continued studying there in Wolverhampton Polytechnic and then came back to the Isle of Man. And when you're developing, when you're growing as a chef and you're picking up tips and bits and pieces and different recipes, does it all sort of come into you and then you start making up your own dishes? Yes, yeah. I actually was very interested in, in, in the cookery side, and I currently, um, it's very much in the news, I went to college with Jimmy Duncan, of course, Ramsey Bakery, and because I'd been brought up in a bread environment, I was very good at bakery. That's the way I could have gone, but I did, wasn't interested. Whereas Jimmy, he wasn't so good at the bakery side in those days, obviously developed his talent, and he went that direction. Yeah. But yes, you, the restaurant, when we took the restaurant, we knew that uh, it had to be different to survive. It couldn't. There were a lot of steakhouses on the island at the time, so we had to be different, and that difference was a French theme, and we had to adapt recipes to fit in that theme to be to, to be different. So we did a classic dishes, but also we used to adapt res- restaurant uh, recipes rather to fit what we were trying to do. Well, we'll talk an awful lot more about the lovely L'Experience tomorrow. Uh, fabulous place thank you uh, but let's have your second choice of right music. my What's second choice be? is runaway by the cause and it means a lot to me and to jill i've been told not to say too much but jill and i were very very young when we married we were i was eight, both, both in our 18th 18th year and we did run away and get married how romantic jill tony this is for you both I would run away 
this week, my MyTunes guest is Tony Quirk, founder of, well, I would say, the longest-running purpose-built restaurant so far on the Isle of Man. Yeah. L'Experience. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yes, it was purpose-built. Not for us. Um, it was built back in the 1960s by a gentleman called Jeff Holt, and it traded very successfully as the Gay Heart, and they were f- famous for their fluffy omelettes. Oh. Now, it's, that's a souffle omelette, yeah. I'm guessing. I never went there. But it, tra- it traded for a long time as the Gay Heart, and then it was the Kwangtung Chinese restaurant. So it was always been a restaurant, purpose-built as a restaurant, but then we took over in the 1980 as L'Experience. We knew we had to be have a strong theme, because most classical cookery is French-themed, French-based. I was taught classically at college in a French style, so that's, that's what took us down that road. And it's very adaptable as well, French well, cookery. I don't think it's cruel to say it's an ugly building. It's never going to be beautiful on the outside. But what you did with it inside and got that French atmosphere was, quite frankly, outstanding. Well, it's now moved. But, yes, in the original building, Bottom of Summerhill, uh, yes, it's not the most, it's not the prettiest building. No. It could be described as a gent's toilet. Exactly. A brick, a brick. But inside, it's like a TARDIS inside. And yeah, so we went over the top French. It was a it was a movie version of a French how people imagine a French restaurant to be. Because as you know, there's no uh, strict uh, French themed restaurant. You couldn't kind of put your finger on what you what you mean by French restaurant. So we went over the top with all the the, the posters. I we used to go to Paris uh, and other parts of France, and I used to purloin original French posters off the walls. I didn't want the sort of touristy one saying come to the chateau or whatever. I wanted ones that said a concert on a certain date or so they were all original off off the wall of the column maurice's you know the column maurice like a, oh yes a central the, the, yes. the round thing yes. with a little lid on top yeah, yeah and i and, and i used to um liberate them if they're out of date i never used to take current ones but if they're out of date i'd liberate them and bring them back and put them on the wall so the walls of the experience the original experience had were maybe five or six deep of, of posters because we used to over post them over the top of a original one uh, previous ones previous years ones so so the restaurant actually got a bit smaller each time we went away to <laughs> no wallpaper required no no no, no. <laughs> now in the restaurant if people yeah. remember that old building sadly it's the, at the, at yes, the time of recording there's nothing the in moment. it there's no, nothing in it at the no, moment so you went in yes but the kitchen was technically under another building. It was, yeah. Originally, um, the kitchen was for the boarding house next door. And so when the restaurant was actually built in the 1960s, um, it had previously been a little little shed which had been um, a gift shop and post office. So the gentleman, Mr Holt, had knocked the post office little shed down. It was a corrugated iron. Knocked that down, made that part of the actual restaurant and then broke through into the kitchen next door. The boarding house now is flats, I think. Yeah. Um, but yes, it was a strange setup. Yeah, so yeah. you actually had to... Bro- they broke into the bottom yes. of that other building. Yeah, people imagined that the kitchen was at the back of the building, but no. it wasn't. It was at the side of the building, yes, yeah. Well, it was an amazing... Uh, it was so cosy as well, I think, especially on a... Well, nothing like it on a winter's night no, in the Isle of Man. On day one, when we opened up, which we, we, we opened up back in 1981. We took the lease on 1980, so we traded for... Uh, nearly 30 years like yeah. one uh, a couple of weeks 
off 30 years but when we first opened up we had a few posters but we had normal lighting in there and it took us one day to realize it is just too bright so i went out and i bought 40 watt amber bulbs and it dropped the light level right down to what it should be and of course the candles people like that so it was very dark a restaurant i i i appreciate that that was lovely yes. it was absolutely yeah. lovely yes. we'll move on a bit tomorrow but for now let's okay. have your third choice Tony. okay my third choice is jeff lynn's elo with a song called when i was a boy I loved ELO, saw them live a couple of times, but I didn't want to do the Mr. Blue Sky ones. And when I was a boy, it was fairly recently released, 2015, and there's words in it like, uh, didn't want to work on the bread and the milk, only wanted to play my guitar. So I didn't actually play a guitar, but it took me down the road of wanting to do what I actually was very passionate about. When I was a boy, I had a dream All about the things I'd like to be Soon as I was in my bed Music played inside my head When I was a boy, I had a dream When I was a boy, I learned to play Fire into the night and drift away Don't want to work on the milk or the bread Just want to play my guitar instead When I was a boy I had a dream
at the beginning of my MyTunes week with Tony Quirk, who set up the uh-huh. original experience. Yeah. I said maybe if we are lucky, we'd get a hint, <laughs> at least a hint, as to how that legendary French onion soup comes together. Okay. Can you give us yeah. any any tips? I mean, obviously the recipe. I can give is... you the recipe. I can give you verbally the recipe. I normally ask people. I normally write it down on the back of a twenty-pound note, which yes. you provide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, lots of onions, obviously. Yes. A shed load of onions. Yes. Um, beef stock. That's very important. Okay. Um, garlic and herbs, and then let it cook. Let it cook out for maybe three hours. That's the secret. A little bit of Worcester sauce at the end. Yeah. Uh, but it's the cooking out. It's a, it's a slow cooking. It's the really the secret and lots of. But onions. more onions than you'd ever imagine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And of course, the w- onions are full of water, so it all kind of it creates its own its own jus. That's yeah, a technical term. Of course. Oh, um, yeah. And then once that's cooked, then we used to warm it through again and then put a, a crouton on top or a very thin sippet, we called it, a very thin slice of bread and then lots and lots of Gruyere cheese on top of that and then bake that in the oven or you can flash it under the grill again and then you've got that crusty cr- crust on top yeah. to break through to get to the onion soup. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be trying that. <laughs> it, yes. I just, it is it well, is a legendary... Give me a 20 pound note and I'll actually <laughs> write it on the back for you. <laughs> Quantities are everything, but I get the idea. Yeah. In fact, it's not unlike uh, some of the old curry chefs who said, you know, when you went going with the onions, keep going and keep yes. cooking it. And keep yeah, you cooking can never it. have too much onion. No, yeah. keep going. Very interesting. Well, at, at, after nearly 30 years... Um, you, you sold the business on? Yeah, we sold the business on, and uh, I then went up to work at uh, Isle of Man College, or it's UCM called now, and I used to train chefs to be better chefs. And then at a certain age, they throw you out, they make you retire, <laughs> yeah. and then they re-employ you <laughs> to do something else. And so now I work in the Annie Gill section of Isle of Man College, or UCM, and that's special needs. So we run a cafe up there. And all the students are special needs students. Now, I've been up there um, with with special needs students. And the pride Mm. that they take in getting it right, um, making things work, and, and the whole system... It's fantastic. Yes, me? yes. It, it's all. It, they are. They're, they're all hardworking. They're all lovely students. Every one of them, and I teach them how to, how to cook and not cut themselves and yeah. how to burn things. And I have a, a great support team as well, who are there for any any problems which uh, I might encounter, which well, it never is to be honest. That that is that is a fantastic initiative. It's a yes. great great yes, place. Yes, it's a great place. I cannot let the magic go though, because right. it was such an integral part. French onion soup, yeah. you and Jill, magic, experience. It yes. was a whole thing. It was. Uh, do you keep? This is going to sound so corny. Do you keep your hand in? I do keep my hand in. <laughs> uh, I did a, f- a couple of things at um, the Bonnag. The International Bonnet Competition. What, this latest one? Yes, oh, yes, wow. yes, he asked me. And uh, uh, Dot Tilbury and uh, Jeff um, Corkish uh, and I did a little little thing. Yeah, so yes, I do try to keep my, my hand in. Brilliant. Um, yes, it's always... But as you get older, the prestidigitation, the, the, it gets a bit more difficult. Your your subtlety of the, of your fingers is, gets a bit harder. I mean, I used to love trying to do it as a kid. I think we all did. We get mm. magic set for, you know, you try and doing things and whatever. Um it is basically, am I right in thinking you're trying to make me look where the trick isn't happening? P- 
Partly, yes. Uh, yeah, misdirection. 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 That's what I'll get there eventually. But there, yeah. yes, not 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 just misdirection. There are there are obviously other skills, and there is real magic. I mean, a lot of it is real magic. You asked me on day one, I think, of my influences, and what I, had, I should have mentioned a, a guy called Phil Phillips. He's a, a local man, and he was a professional magician, and I did some work for him. He gave me a book called The Royal Road to Card Magic. If there's any young people out there want to get into magic, get yourself the book called The Royal Road to Card Magic. And that's really the magician's Bible. And that'll teach you all the sleights of hand, all the misdirections that people uh, <laughs> would need to know to be able to be a proficient. And you need the confidence as well. And that's what, that's what a lot of people uh, forget. Yes. Well, it's been a it's been a magical week. Thank you, Tony. It's been thank you for enjoyable. all the joy you brought us with the magic, with the amazing experience. Uh, still going on in the yes. hotel next door now. Of course. Yes, so the, the name lives on. It does yes, the name is, lives on. Lovely. A final choice of music from you. Right, my final choice of music is Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits. Oh. Again, big fan of uh, of Dire Straits. Saw them a couple of times live. Saw Mark Knight for live in Italy uh, fairly recently. And Dice, the, the Romeo and Juliet just reminds me again of Jill and I and our, when we were young kids. Well, yes. thanks to you both, because it was a real team effort, the pair of you, yes, in, in that experience. Yes, yes, it really, yes, really was. A pleasure to have you with us. Romeo and Juliet, Dire Straits. Thank you. When we made love, you used to cry. You said I love you like. 
can't do the talks like the talk on the TV. And I can't do a love song like the way it's meant to be. I can't do everything, but I'll do anything for you. Can't do anything except be in love with you. And all I do is miss you. And the way we used to be. All I do is keep the beat, the bad company. And all I do is kiss you through the bars of a rhyme. Julie, I do the stars with you anytime. Tony Quirk, thank you for joining me on MyTunes. And thank you for listening right here at manxradio.com on our podcast section. I'm Mark Tiley. Join me if you can weekday mornings, Monday to Friday, 9.30 to 12, for the Shaw Morning Show at Manx Radio.